Welcome to the Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altruis. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Our guest today is Dr. Laura Bursenbruch. She's an adolescent and adult clinical psychologist and founder of a New York and Hawaii-based private practice. She is an expert in the evidence-based treatment of anxiety, depression, OCD, and stress-related disorders. Born and raised on Oahu, Dr. Bursenbruch moved to New York, where she received her doctorate from Albert Einstein College of Medicine, and she trained at the NYU Child Study Center and Rutgers University. She's a lecturer in secondary and higher education settings and supervises early career psychologists and graduate students. I am sure we are going to have an incredibly interesting conversation this morning. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. Thank thank you so much, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, we barely know where to start, I think, because your profession is one of the ones that has just been absolutely overloaded Mm -hmm. since the pandemic. And obviously, we want to talk a lot to you about that and Mm -hmm. how our young people are doing. but tell me, first of all, you were born and raised on Oahu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You left, you went to New York. Tell us a little bit about your early uh, development and why you decided to go into this field of of practice. Yeah, so I was born and raised on the North Shore in Wahiwa um, and did the town commute since kindergarten, was one of those driving the 25 miles um, for 13 years with my parents. And I feel like I was really lucky because I found therapy, counseling pretty early on. Um, I took a class in high school and then realized, oh, wait, hey, I actually like this. And this is something that I could see myself doing. And I think throughout my life, that's been just something that's been very linear for me. So realizing, okay, I have this path forward and really being committed to it and passionate about. Um, And so I think, you know, I really learned from my time as being a teenager, a college student, a young adult, trying to, you know, get their own jobs and figure out life. Um, And that's really informed my practice now and the way that I work with my clients. So when you made the decision to come back to Hawaii, was that around, was that pre or post pandemic? So it was right in the heart of the pandemic. I was actually in New York, March, 2020, when everything just went kind of up in the air. And it was pretty scary in in New York, actually, like just because it got so hit hard by COVID. So I had the opportunity to go back home and keep doing my job remotely um, and decided to do that. And when I got here, realized it's so nice to be closer to family. It was a great place to be during the pandemic. Um, I ended up meeting my fiance here um, and so kind of switched gears and, and have been living here ever since. Can you try and remember pre-pandemic the kind of patients you were seeing and what they were coming to you for versus what's happening in your practice now? Absolutely. So I think before the pandemic, um, you know, for lack of better words, teenagers, young adults, adults, we were all just kind of in our regular everyday way of living. Like, I think we took a lot of things maybe for granted. So the types of things that I was seeing would be like, okay, this, you know, teenager has social anxiety. How are they going to get to the party or make new friends? 
it was really more kind of like typical everyday issues that were coming up. And during the pandemic, we just saw everything go crazy. So we saw um, our young people switch from being fully in person to fully remote for a really long time. And of course, for, you know, teenagers and college students in particular, there was a big change in terms of the way that they socialized. So they went from, you know, seeing their friends every single day to then relying on social media platforms, texting, FaceTime in order to get that social interaction. Um, And so I think During the pandemic, we saw a lot of more what are called internalizing issues. So anxiety, depression, eating disorders have definitely come up more, um, as well as just stress-related disorders. So, How quickly did you realize, oh my gosh, this is... This is an immediate effect on young people. I think pretty immediately. Um, I just remember and it was really interesting being in New York and being most of my clients at the time were in New York as well. And there was just one week where we were meeting in the office and the next week we were trying to figure out this Zoom thing. And so just recognizing this is such a big change, let's say for a 15 year old who has never really used any of these platforms and then is now trying to figure it out. So it was pretty clear that it was happening immediately. And I think we saw at first everyone had that, yay, I'm working from home or I'm getting to study from home in my pajamas. But within a couple of weeks was like, okay, this is maybe no longer fun anymore. This is something that we're doing for the long term. I feel as if not enough importance has been given to the damage to mental health Mm -hmm. that has been done to young people because of the pandemic. I think unless you have young adults Mm -hmm. in your environment, you have glossed over the damage that's been done to this particular group of very important people Mm -hmm. who are now headed into their 20s and mid-20s and making career decisions. Uh, How do you feel? Do you feel that the media and just people in general are really unaware of how serious this has become for young adults? Yeah, I think that's such a great point because I think there is a certain amount of glossing over and part of it is that our world has opened back up and so there's a push to just have a return to normal. But of course, can anything be at the normal that it was before? Like likely not. And so I think, you know, sometimes the media can label young people, Gen Z, millennials as... um I don't know. There there have been some negative labels in terms of like the way that they approach work and school. But the thing is that, you know, for millennials and Gen Z, they're also entering the workforce at a time that's pretty unprecedented. And so really recognizing and talking to young adults one-on-one, I think is important in order to see like, hey, what was your experience like? You didn't have a college graduation. Like, what was that like for you? You know, hopefully in the future, that's never going to have to happen again. So absolutely, I think it's something um, that we really prioritize um, in our clinical work. And I definitely do just um, working with the clients that I that I work with. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because when I think about it, I can't think of another group of people who were affected in quite the same way because 
here we took, I mean, you know, obviously young children, uh, toddlers, at every stage of development, everyone was affected. And mm-hmm. then, you know, everyone up to older people. But with young adults, we stopped them, as as you quite rightly said, one day they were stopped from their development, which mm-hmm. is, as we know, critical to young adults is socializing and being in front of people and learning cues and learning how to behave. And then we sent them back like a year and a half or two later to the next phase of their life, which is looking for university careers and jobs. Mm-hmm. And in between, they lost all their cues. They lost all their ability to interact with mm-hmm. the world. What What are you seeing as the, the main concerns now with your patients, mm-hmm. the ones that are lucky enough to see you? Because as most people know, there's waiting lists of up to a year at the mm-hmm. moment to see mm-hmm. uh, to therapists and psychologists. Um mm-hmm. What it, what are they telling you? How, how is it for them? Yeah, so I'm seeing a lot. We focus a lot on healing from some of the chronic stress in our in our sessions, and I think the thing about something like chronic stress is that it's not always you can't always put your finger on it. You know, the the nature of something that's chronic is something that it's just, it happens very gradually. And then suddenly you realize, okay, this is now something that I'm really struggling with. Um, so we spend a lot of time just talking about, okay, you know, now that the world is back open, not only is it about healing yourself emotionally, but also developing the skill sets to be able to function and kind of hit the ground running. Um, knowing that you had two or three years Years where that was very delayed. And so with some of my young adults, we are doing things like even just coaching them on how do you write a resume, like actually identifying are there any barriers such as feeling anxious, procrastinating, all of those types of things, and then really breaking it down in a step-by-step format and telling them that you don't have to just get a job within a day. It actually is like a multi-step process in order to get there. And let's just focus on the first thing. Let's actually just open up a Word doc and maybe jot down some notes. And if that's the our first and easiest step, let's just focus on that and consider that a success. So it's a lot of building in areas for reinforcement and praise. So then that way it doesn't feel too overwhelming. So of course the, the, it, we're focusing more on the, on the, the young adults that were stopped midstream in like high school and getting ready to go to, to university. Um, you yourself are a young professional. Mm-hmm. You're part of the Chamber of Commerce at Young Professional Groups. And there are many people who were getting ready to leave university and go into the workforce mm-hmm. happening. They had the same stalled, uh, you know, behavior during the pandemic. How are you counseling people, young professionals mm-hmm. on ways to cope with stress in the workplace today? Because I feel another thing that I hear happening a lot is that people are very impatient with younger people and their attitude towards mm-hmm. work without remembering that these young people have had years, critical years taken away from them in terms of development. Mm-hmm. How, how, how do you counsel young professionals to maintain a healthy 
balance of mental and physical health in the workplace? Mm-hmm. That is such a great question. And I would say that is actually the crux of what we do in our sessions, particularly with people in their 20s and their 30s. Um, I think it's a number of things. You know, one is that I think particularly for people that might be in their first, second, even third jobs, there's that sense of like, okay, I really, really have to put myself out there. I have to kind of blow past my own needs, put the company's needs ahead of my own. And it can actually lead to an an imbalance in burnout. Um, And burnout is a real thing. Um, I think, you know, it's kind of become a buzzword, but it's really that sense of emotional exhaustion, detachment, and a loss of satisfaction in your work. And so really, recognizing preventatively when we might be getting towards that point is incredibly important. And so I think in our uh, in my sessions with clients, I'll oftentimes have them just do what I call a mindfulness check-in. So like let's just check in. How are you doing with you know where you're at at work? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Paying attention to your physical senses, like is your heart racing in a certain meeting? Are you just leaving feeling really exhausted? All of that can give you cues for seeing, okay, am I getting to the point of feeling burnt out or am I not? And I think there's a number of things that you can do if you reach that point when you're on the job. And the main thing would be just basically getting breaks from the emotion, um, the emotional intensity that something like burnout or feeling stressed really um, encapsulates. So I call it uh, giving your central nervous system a break. So even if you are just going for a walk, you know, standing up and stretching, um, even if it's like, okay, five minutes of going for a walk isn't necessarily going to completely take away the stress, but you'll at least get a little bit of a break for those five minutes. And that is enough to actually help you to keep going throughout the day. And redress your own balance. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. We couldn't possibly have enough time to talk about social media and its effects. But when I think about getting a break from things, I would imagine that that is one of the things that must come up often in your practice is Mm -hmm. the effect of social media, particularly on young adults. And how they can withdraw from it, wean themselves off it, take a break from it, because that seems to be a very difficult thing that again, pre-pandemic was not that much of, of an issue. And mm-hmm. now it's spoken about all the time. Right. Absolutely. And I think we need to look at actually the psychology of what's happening with social media, that there's something that's called intermittent reinforcement. It's the same um, principles that go into actually using a slot machine. So on social media, you don't always know what content you're getting, when you're going to get it. And so the likelihood of continuing to scroll is higher because you're more likely to be like, okay, like I'm going to just keep going with this. And so I think there's a way to do it in a healthy way. Um, I've had clients say, like, I'm just kind of sick of it. I realize it's not good for my mental health. I'm comparing myself too much to what other people are posting. I know that it's presentational, like people are posting the best parts of themselves, but I still compare myself. So in which case we might say, hey, why don't you just take a break, reset, and then we can talk about what it would be like to do it healthier. Like for example, maybe you can mute certain accounts that might be triggering and just 
put content that you find is rewarding or fulfilling, um, be that like pictures of, you know, ducks and cats or, um, you know, friends that you're really close with that make you feel happy. It's really tough, isn't it? I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many. And, and I think what I see the most is that there's just a real, a real disconnect at the moment between between older generations who have no idea, mm-hmm. even the fact that you said it was a little bit like a slot machine. There's plenty of older people in Hawaii who know exactly what <laughs> yeah, that feels like. So true. Traveling to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, if you said to them, you can go to Vegas, um, but you cannot go and see, you can't hear the slot machines, you can't have any of that feeling of anticipation, mm-hmm. they would say, well, it's not worth going. I mean, that's why that's what I live for. That's the excitement. Mm-hmm. But they don't think of that when it's related to, they just go, oh, they're on their phones or, oh, they don't want to work. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that, um, are, are young people resilient enough at the moment? Do they have the tools they need to get to the next level? Mm-hmm. Like in the workplace, are they strong enough to assert themselves and say, I need to take a break from my screen. I am going for a walk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what we want to know, isn't it? Are yeah. they going to be okay? Yeah, absolutely. I think they're going to be just fine. And I think if anything, we've seen that the younger generation is remarkably resilient. I mean, to go through the pandemic and to get through um is remarkable in and of itself. And I think the thing that I would just recommend to young adults um, is just really hearing your own sense of self-agency. And I think it can sometimes be hard when we're new to the workplace um, because we can feel pressure to put the needs of the company first, um, which is some kind of a trap that we all fall into at a certain point. But actually asking, what are my needs is really important. Um, so then that way it doesn't become imbalanced. And I would really encourage young adults to think about their own boundaries um, in terms of the workforce. So that could be something really small like i'm not going to check my phone or answer emails after a certain time 6 p.m but even something like that can be really really big Um, and i think outside of the workplace focusing on activities that will be aiding in that emotional recovery so something that you want to do versus something that you feel like you should or have to do Um, i can say for myself um, just moving back to hawaii i feel like i should get back into surfing and Mm -hmm. have this pressure on myself to try to do it more and more but right now I'm planning a wedding, you know, I'm working full time. So I had to just actually evaluate my own capacity and be like, okay, that's a should there. And, you know, I can revisit it in a couple of months. But for now, like we can put that on the side and that's okay. I'm just smiling, thinking about the shoulds versus the woods mm-hmm. and the have tos and all of the things that, that come along with it. Um, I want to ask you two things mm-hmm. before we end our conversation today. One you've almost answered is how can people really start to take care of their own health at mm-hmm. work in the workplace and and in school um how is it is wellness month i mean that's mm-hmm. really what we're focusing on here um with the chamber podcasts how can people get in touch with you or maybe you don't want them to because you're like everyone else and just overloaded <laughs> and so busy but if people want to reach you even if it's just to find out when may you have a time to talk. How do they do that? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for asking. Um, you know, for anyone that's listening that wants to get in touch, my um, website is probably the easiest. Um, it's Dr. Laura B. 
Um, and from there, you can um, just submit a form um, and I'll, I'll get back to you. Even if you are just looking for strategies, um, that's something I'm happy to pass along to people that are interested. And I think in terms of the workplace, um, again, doing that mindful check-in, I think is really, really key. And two things, if you're feeling overwhelmed, one, try to label the feeling that you're having. So I'm feeling overwhelmed. And the second step is always, how intense is this feeling? So a really easy way to think of that is scale of one to 10, how intense is this feeling? Okay, I'm feeling stressed at a nine right now. Um you can think about it in different levels. I think of it as like the red zone is our eight to 10. That's where we're just fully consumed by the emotion. It's not the time that we can kind of like rationalize or talk ourselves out of feeling that way. It is just taken over. Um, if we're at that level, the skills to use are really body focused. So essentially you have too much adrenaline in your system. And so it is just like overriding it. And so things like going for a quick jog can be helpful. Drinking cold water, splashing cold water in your face. Um, noticing in your body where you're feeling tense, tensing that part for five seconds and then releasing it. Um, doing some stretches, all of those things. Oh, and the last one, um, which is so important is taking some deep breaths. Um, it won't necessarily take away the stress, but it will help you to actually manage and ride it out. And I think if you have, maybe you're somewhere in the five to seven zone, um, we call that the yellow zone, then something like self-soothing and more preventative and self-sustaining strategies are important. Going for walks, making sure that you are getting up, stretching, talking to coworkers. Um, when you take a break, that is your time. So you don't need to be monitoring emails. Um, if you need to like let a supervisor know that you're taking your 20 minute break, let them know. And then and just be fully present and committed to yourself during that time. All lots of good advice, which everyone can find if they go to your website. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Final question. Yes. Um, a lot of people listening will be in business for mm -hmm. the first time. A lot of them mm -hmm. are entering the workforce. Um, how is it being a young professional member of the Chamber of Commerce? I love it. Um, I have really felt like I've benefited from membership. Um, I've met a lot of really great connections and it's just actually really, really fun. And, um, I was traveling for a couple of months, but now that, that we're back, we definitely are going to be coming more and more. And I think in terms of the networking as well as just making new friends, it's been really great. Um, so I've, I've loved every minute of it. Um, I happened to win the raffles. So I got to go on a cruise. Oh, wow. That was cool. <laughs> okay. People are doing just for that then. Yeah. <laughs> So fun, social, and also obviously very good for mm -hmm. your entry into the world of business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Dr. Laura burson Bruges is an adolescent and adult clinical psychologist and founder of the New York and Hawaii-based private practice. She joined us on this month where we're going to be finding ways that we can help bring you interviews with people who can help you maintain the balance between mental and physical wellness all month and hopefully for the rest of your life. Thank you so much for joining us today. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altrus. Join us next time for more stories of Hawaii's small business. <laughs>